Hello, everybody. Uh, Neil, being everybody, <laughs> welcome to Existent. Oh my God, see that Neil's Existential Minds. We were just talking about you, Neil. I said, oh, the cool guy is here. Quantum <laughs> <laughs> Witch Cafe tonight, and being joined by Ger Geraldine Orozco. She is an amazing woman in the experiencer community, and she creates a safe space for experiencers and does a lot of healing. So, do you want to tell everybody um, that's watching now and later uh, what you do and who you are? Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me on here and hosting this space. <clears throat> it's it's really an honor to be here. And uh, the work that you're doing in, in disseminating this information is amazing. So thank you, Priscilla. Um, secondly, what do, what do I do? Um, well, I'm a certified hypnotherapist. I'm a quantum energy healer, pranic energy healer. I am a feng shui uh, instructor. Um, and I... Um, uh, I practice Qigong and I teach Qigong and I'm owner of Bay Area Meditation here in San Francisco, California. So we teach corporate meditation and also wellness programs like Qigong as well. Um, but my primary work nine to five is uh, doing hypnotherapy and something called DNA reprogramming, which is something that I created as a result of my psychic abilities uh, activating after a life-changing experience in 2013. Um, so my primary work now is is doing that and also writing a book on DNA origins and the hybridization program uh, with focus on how our genetics, holographic DNA plays a role in our evolution and our interaction with ET consciousness. I love it. And I'm so excited you're writing a book because I started a book club. So um, Oh, cool. Well, hopefully mine know, makes it out it'll soon. It'll be nice to get you on again when it releases so we can talk about it. Um, Wonderful. Wow, that's a lot. And I know the DNA programming stuff is very cool and it's, it's helped me a lot. Uh, when I found my friend recommended your YouTube channel, um, I was in the middle of like a really bad postpartum depression. So wow. I was doing it um, just kind of like the, the videos that called to me. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing your, you do, you do 30 day challenges. I feel like you do them quite often. Um, so I'm familiar. I think the first meditation I did with you was last year and you had the rainbow nebula behind you and it was um, a light language. Oh, like, okay. So, mm -hmm. um, that was yeah. the first time that I did one of your meditations. Oh, and, wonderful. Um, yeah, it was like, I've been following you ever since. So that's, it's so great to connect with uh, with listeners and, and, you know, with viewers and people that are getting into the work because it just takes our conversation to another level because you really understand what what's important about this, what we're talking about, you know, ETs, consciousness, our multidimensional ba uh, bodies, all of it is it plays a role in our understanding of the bigger picture. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's great. And uh, it explains a lot to people that are experiencers especially people that are curious about what is kind of known as the hybridization program. So for somebody that might not be familiar with it, and for people that are just kind of diving into the subject, um, how would you explain the hybridization program um, with, you know, extraterrestrials or interdimensionals, whatever they may be? Yeah. So that's a really big question, actually. Um, but um to make it more concise into a concept, um, what the hybridization program is, is basically the utilization of our genetic material, our core database of information in our genetic code. And it is utilized and mixed with other species, 
other genetic codes, other levels of consciousness, manifestations in other dimensional planes in order to create more organisms, more living beings, living organisms. And um, the purpose for this program is several. There's several sides to it. But primarily, it's creating new organisms which are sustaining an organic matrix which we're living in and participating in. So it is a natural part of the evolutionary process, but there are also many different, let's call them agendas, that partake in this process. And a lot of these agendas are, uh, some of them can be perceived as good, which means that their, their alterations, their genetic modifications are made to enhance the evolutionary process of our organism. And some of them are made to do the opposite, to counter-create perhaps more destructive, more parasitic consciousness. And both of them operate in a similar, similar manner in which it is genetic code that is taken from the host, which would be, let's say, myself uh, and anyone else that has experienced that. And it's utilized to create these children. And there is a very specific process to how this goes, and we can dive deep into that in just a moment. But um, I, will, I will leave it there in terms of the explanation of what it is as an overview. Okay, awesome. So I'm curious about the process because with my experience, things have kind of like come back in like um, dream recall. Hello, Vinny. And I think I said hi to Neil, kind of. I just said his name. Um, but thanks for hopping in. Uh, we have, uh, I think that if you're not familiar with Disclosure Team, he's doing like great work. Um, Amazing. But spreading and awareness and all that. So, Wonderful. and he actually kind of inspired me to do this. So, um, oh, to wow, do the channel and speak out against it. So, um, but yeah, so some it's, it seems very scattered in my mind. And with other women I've spoken to, like probably within the past year or the past, honestly, since maybe March. So not very long women that I've talked to about it, like, they don't know what is going on. Like how, what is the, you said there's a specific uh, process, right? Mm-hmm. You go into that. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm sure other people would like to know too. Absolutely. So the process is, is a lifelong agreement when you when 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 you discover that you're a part of the hybridization program and people discover it at different stages in their life and there's different stages in the participation but depending on 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 where you're at um sometimes you will discover it through a presentation so for example you're meeting the children and you have a conscious experience that that happens other times you just have these strange memory recalls in dream time or you're becoming lucid in dream time where you become aware of that and some people just have side effects where it's a combination of dreams and also physical side effects anomalies sometimes medical anomalies where they are you know trying trying to understand what's happening and a lot of times these side effects that are a result of the hybridization program are affecting the physical body So the process of of the hybridization begins at an early age, usually the age of five is when the the beginning, uh, the first contact begins. And it is an implantation process in which um, there is an implant that is created from the genetic information of the host combined with artificial intelligence, which is also etheric and implanted into the body. The body is multidimensional. So a lot of times you will feel the implant in the body, but 
it will affect several layers of your multidimensional body, not just the physical. Um, and what it does is it kind of monitors the organism to kind of see when it's ready to become a host for the program. Secondly, um, the second part is the insemination process. And by the time that the host is ready to uh, begin the first insemination, which obviously happens in the later years after puberty, um, for example, in my case, it began at the age of 16, where I had the first insemination. Um, it is it is a mechanical insemination in some cases. Sometimes it is in a Petri dish, um, and other times uh, this is something that is actually created. It is a created union between two specimens that are made to create this uh, being. A lot of times those unions are done much later in the stage of the, of the host's life when they are already sexually active. When they're children or when they're younger, let's say at the age of 16, usually they are just taken for, for the genetic information and it's then done in a laboratory. Okay. But what happens is that usually in the insemination process will occur. So after the specimen is combined, genetically modified, it is re-entered into, inserted into the womb, and it is gestated, usually up until three months. And after three months, that fetus is uh, highly developed. It's developing at a different rate, higher rate than a normal human fetus, mm -hmm. and removed into an incubation tank. And these incubation tanks have an artificial uh, umbilical cord, which are creating a lifeline inside of these uh, artificial womb type cases. And um, the program is, is vast in that there are women potentially can participate with one hybrid. They can create one hybrid in their life or some, I've heard people up to 49 hybrids have been created. Yeah. Um, so in my case, I have 24 hybrid children and I discovered that the children were being created in different kinds of programs. Depending on the kind of program it is, it depends what stage in your life you're participating in that program and it depends the process of insemination. Sometimes the insemination process can be quite traumatic for people because they're becoming conscious and it's usually because they have a lot of genetics that are activated it means they're very psychic they're incredibly yeah. empathic so a lot of times they will become aware when they're taken and they're not just forgetting or, or disconnected from themselves and they will be able to witness what they're experiencing and so as they are witnessing what they're experiencing sometimes of course because we're not understanding that this is actually something that's taking place for a very long time, and we'll get into that in a moment, um, it can be very disassociating and very shocking and traumatizing. And um, so the next part is that there are other, other governmental programs as, as well, terrestrial programs, and they are also very much interested in our genetic lineages. Um, the genetic lineages are a combination of, of, of centuries of information, uh, but centuries not in a linear format right. uh, rather this is kind of like a an orb of information that we're tapping into and each one of us have a complex cocktail of genetic information so they are quite interested in your history in the records of the information and this data is basically utilized in order to create clones which is a slightly different than hybrids um other wow. programs um yeah, so um, let me, I'll just finish. Um, after the insemination process, and I'll go into those in just a minute in, in depth, um, but 
we'll have a presentation after the gestation. So once the child is incubated, sometimes there will be several visits for the mother to connect with the child again. Okay. And this is very necessary for the process and the evolution of the child, um, either to, you know, breastfeed the child or just simply connect with the child and be with the child for some time. Um, and then at a later stage, they will be presented. And a lot of people, for some reason, are beginning to remember those experiences where they are introduced to these children that are a com combination of their genetics and other genetics, but they can recognize them. And as they are connecting with them, sometimes they get their memories back, sometimes they're confused, they don't recognize, they don't understand what's happening, but it's a, an incredibly powerful part of the process. And finally, um, the final part um, after the presentation, um, usually the host is has the option of either continuing to connect with that child or, or just connecting uh, entirely. So this is kind of the, the process of the hybridization program. Wow. Oh, a couple of like, uh, like, like jolts of like, you know, when you get surprised and you get like that jolt and like right here in your stomach, a couple yeah. of those because you said five and a lot, a couple of people I've taught, I've talked to, um, recently have had that experience at that age. And that's when I had my experience. So when you said that, I was just like, mm. it felt yeah in the support group it's every time it's the same thing you i haven't seen anything earlier than five in terms of actual interactive contact right so it's really interesting yeah and there's a reason for that but we'll go into that in just a moment yeah so um it's very interesting like yeah because I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people and a lot of them are like they've been kind of like lucid dreamers from a young age um, like you said, the psychic abilities happen. And when that is kind of like activated, I feel like that opens them up to so much because they're so young at the age of five. Yeah. It opens them up to other entities that are earthbound as well. So that's kind of a, kind of, you know, um, a little nerve wracking and like the, let's see, I'll put the comment up. So um, Neil says it's tied to sleep paralysis questions. That's how my memories first started coming back. And after my first sighting, when I was five, I started getting sleep paralysis mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. they would come as either angels or demons pretty much. But that's kind of what I was taught, right? Growing up Catholic. So it's just interesting like that, like people, I feel like people know the difference between like a regular, like physical sleep paralysis, like the biological cause. But when you wake up and you have these marks on you and, um, it's the one you can't shake. It's the nightmare you can't shake or it's the dream that you can't mm -hmm. shake. And obviously people have dreams. They're like, oh, that felt so real. But when it has these um, experiences coming to you, um, it tends to, it's different. You know what I mean? It's different than a scary dream or a nightmare. It's quite different. Yes. Um, and, you know, in, in my, in my experience, um, I've had sleep paralysis. I can count on my hand how many times I've had them, but um, what I notice is that a lot of times these kinds of experiences, they're not always combined with sleep paralysis. So sometimes there's a, and, and this is why in psych, psychology and the scientific community, 
they tend to dispel these ideas of ET contact because they think it's just sleep paralysis. But a lot of experiencers also are having the contact without sleep paralysis. So it's really important to note that that is sometimes a part in that, mm. but sometimes it's not. And, and that's actually the part that we want to study, that we want to go into. Because right. for sleep paralysis, it's easy for the chemicals in the brain to create these hallucinations right. and these things, right? right. Um, and the scientific community wants to completely dispel that, like it's just a hallucination there's nothing else actually happening but from the etheric point of view there's a lot happening i mean there's we're entering into other dimensional planes and we're beginning to interact with those um so yeah so it's something that it's it's so hard but the more contactees that come out and talk about their experiences in in detail help us formulate a different way of looking at these kinds of experiences you know yeah, absolutely. So um, you said uh, you wanted to elaborate on something a little bit more. Um, um, as part oh, of yeah. The mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's many directions that we can take. This is a very complex topic, so there's many parts of it that we can dissect. Um, but uh, is there anything specific yeah. that you want to go into? So why do they wait till you're five? Um, okay, great. So, question. yeah. So at the age of five... Um, at the age of five is usually where the child is fully developed in their etheric body. Okay. Right. And so um, the child has their entire system open. Uh, their chakras are open. Their chakras, because what happens with trauma, what happens with, uh, with the, the input of a lot of programming, you know, as uh, through emotional programming that we're taking on from parents inside the womb and even out of that, immediately we begin to adjust our perception energetically, how we are feeling uh, our presences in the world. And it, it is a very complex psychological uh, program that begins to occur in the mind of the body that it's not just psychological, it's affecting the multidimensional body because the chakras begin to either open or they get stagnant or they get closed or paralyzed or they will stop moving certain ways um, because of the trauma that's occurring. So at the age of five, usually the child has a fully developed multidimensional body. They're quite active in these spaces. Um, they begin to access their uh, intuition through um, their third eye. You know, they can begin to see a lot more. They can understand what they're seeing and interact with them. So they're more connected to this physical three-dimensional body and they begin to activate the higher levels. It kind of, the activation starts from the higher levels down to the lower levels. Okay. And by the age of five, usually the root chakra is quite complete, okay? And so if the child undergoes any kind of traumas or something, it'll enhance the way the child feels. So mm -hmm. in contact... This is the best and most, most purest moment for the child to begin to interact. And the code of the child at that moment is, um, let's just say, it's intact and not programmed yet. Oh, okay. By the age of seven, the child is already programmed. Okay, so yeah. that between the ages of five and seven are actually the most important because this is the development of the subconscious mind and the brain where the child begins to input all kinds of programs for emotions, how it's going to uh, survive flight or flight programs, um, how it sees the feminine and masculine energy, how it's interacting in the world, whether if it's safe or not. And it's learned all of that from its parents or the lack of the presence of the parents. Mm 
So it plays a tremendous role in how they perceive things. And sometimes these children very much remember their contact at that age. Um, but of course, because, you know, a lot of adults don't know any of this, they just say, oh, that's a nice dream or a nice imagination that yeah. you had, you know, and it's quite discounted. But it's very important to pay attention to what our children are saying, okay. because a lot of things that they're expressing and experiencing is actually occurring on other dimensions. So it's very important to pay attention to that. Um, so now there are, of course, other nefarious, uh, deeper programs that um, they take advantage of the purity of that child as well in that genetic code in order to create um, uh, uh, darker programs, more parasitic consciousness as well. But the same is true mm -hmm. for both. And what it depends on is the agreement that the child's soul has made yeah. in order to experience either one of those things. Those agreements have been made already. Um, yeah. So that's something that sometimes it's hard for people to understand. Exactly. Um, because... It's hard to tell people about um, like soul contracts, basically. Um, I've studied it. I've been like, since I could read, I've read anything fringe or paranormal or, you know, any UFO stuff I could get my hands on because of my experience. But, and obviously this has made me a really weird, deep person. Like I've never been like the kid on the playground doing cartwheels because I've always been like a, a deep person. I don't know, like a deep thinker. And it wasn't until I started, you know, um, coming out of like the broom closet, so to speak. Like I'm not like a, I haven't been like in a coven or anything. I've been like ordained a witch. I don't know how that works, but um, it's the easiest way to explain to people that um, I have some spiritual beliefs you might not understand. So mm -hmm. part of it was, you know, I learned the whole Akashic stuff. Um, after my brother died, I had a visitation and um, I thought it was angels, but they were doing energy work on me. Um, mm. And I just, now I don't know, you know, wow. like, where they were from, or, you know, like that's maybe the easiest way for it is explain it. And then you read about the work of these, um, these higher dimensional interdimensional beings or like the higher vibrational extraterrestrial races. And you're like, wow, like, was that what I was seeing this whole time? And then you, you go back in history all the way to Maria and you're like, I was hanging out with the extraterrestrial last night, not an angel, so, <laughs> but thank you. Cause they did help. Um, Right. Yeah, so it is strange um, how it affects people. And it's not strange to me, but um, other people find it strange because, like you said, like the empathic qualities turn on. And if you're not in a supportive area and, um, or in a supportive household when this happens, I think that, you know, it can go like two different ways. Um, what I experienced is I, I had like the scarier um, experiences with the grays, right? Um, the mean ones, the naughty ones, uh, the ones that people don't like to have around. And then almost like the next night or a few nights later, I would have almost like a, a more higher vibrational entity come in and almost do damage control because my, my family was not supportive. So I think that um, there is that ebb and flow to the universe, uh, but not everybody gets that. And now that I'm understanding a lot more and I just like, they're just working basically like, you're not like they're doing their job in a way. And it's hard to get past that and hard to really be like, Oh, well I did kind of, you know, I remember having an experience and I was like, well, why, you know, and they're like, well, you said it was okay. Mm -hmm. and, um, right. Yeah. People don't understand that. And you said, under, listen to what your children say. A lot of this is generational, right? Like a lot of people Absolutely. that are experiencers, 
come from experiencers. <laughs> exactly. And, and even my son now, he's four and he's had these crazy dreams since he was two. Um, oh. He's seen spirits before. So I make sure that I listen to his dreams because nobody mm -hmm. listens to mine until recently. <laughs> so and I was wow. like, if somebody just would have been like, I understand, you know, like I'm obviously like I let him tell me, but he's had some pretty uh, strange dreams that for his age, um, it's just it's it's insane like what he wow. has dreams of he had this dream where he was like oh i had a dream last night mama and there was and the earth was black and the people was black and this tower crashed and the electricity was out and the cars were black and i was like oh, traveling <laughs> prophecy baby i don't know what to think of that but mm -hmm. <laughs> i wrote it i said i recorded it i was like tell me again and just wow um, that's so great that you're doing that it. Because, you know, like some people astral travel at a young age. Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. And that's what he's doing. He's traveling yes. for sure. When it's that level of clarity and detail, it's very important. to. I mean, that's so great that you're recording that. I wish more parents would do that. I think it's going to be the newer generations. Honestly, yes. people are opening so much. Um, you know, it's yeah. historic moments right now that um, whether people think it's a... Uh, I don't know, a conspiracy by the government or not, more people are accepting that, uh, you know, the possibility of there being mm -hmm. um, extraterrestrials or even interdimensional, which is people would never talk about before. Yeah. Um, it just kind of took like the government saying like, okay, yeah, you got me kind of. And then more people are jumping on it. And then there's the people like, we don't trust the government. Like I didn't need that, but I want more people to understand that it's happening and I think it's happening more often than people think like the whole yeah maybe they're not remembering it but um I think a lot of people are getting memories back right yeah now well a lot of these a lot of these bloodlines have been genetically modified for centuries and um again um what we think is our past lives you know these are simultaneous uh lives that we're living and in those simultaneous lives, aspects of our genetic code are being activated and also continuously recording, you know, information, experiences, the expansion of this organism, if you see yourself as an organism. Um, and it's very interesting, but what, what every experience that we're having, because in fact, we're, we're fractals, we're fractals of source of that infinite consciousness. And in that infinity, when we come into these dimensions, these lower dimensional planes that we're in right now, we, we fragment into fragments. And it's those fragments that are living out in these alternate dimensions, the different lives, experiences, and all of them feed into this uh, base code, which makes up the essence of what we are. So when this hybridization is occurring, it's taking all of that information. It's a snapshot of all of the fragments of yourself that are utilized to inform the next um, evolutionary stage of the organism as a whole, because we, we forget that we're one. And yeah. what that means is that even the new beings that are coming into this incarnation timeline, you know, they are somehow being genetically modified where the code is being activated each time more and more to match the movement that we're going through in the universe. Because the entire universe is, is also evolving. It's a natural part. We're always moving. Yeah. So we have to continue that process, you know. Now, some of this evolutionary process is artificial uh, in that it is, it is 
mechanically made and and what that means is that some genetic information is deactivated right so when the human is is incarnating into the body they're not recalling they're not remembering the awareness of all of these lives all of the what they were what they were right before they came in and so our life now becomes an opportunity to unlock that genetic code and that genetic code can be unlocked through healing through reintegration of those fragments that's why past life regression that's why healing that's why trauma work is incredibly important to begin to activate that dna first you have to clean up what's been done in this lifetime and you'll notice that there are repetitive patterns that are coming down the family and et contact is no different actually because the lineages that we are uh, agreeing with in order to procreate these organisms it's a vibrational frequency that matches our frequency our signature and it's something that we've been holding on to for generations so for example our mother our grandmother great-grandmother all of them had had contact in my family and now my entire family I mean all of the women in my family have had contact um, so it's really amazing that you know when I came public like from one day to the next I mean it was just it kind of kind of crazy for my family you know because uh we never even thought about having these conversations but then everybody started coming out of the woodwork oh you know what geraldine actually yeah. i have had that contact so you know space now like, exactly it's like now now we feel like they're crazy yes like, i remember being yes. in high school and i had this crazy experience i actually yeah. woke up outside on the other side of the fence after a I, I called it a dream, but I was awake. So I think I was trying to rationalize what happened. And I said, mom, I need to go to a psychologist. I'm afraid mm -hmm. to sleep because at this point when I was a teenager, oh, I just got like that feeling again in my stomach, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. experiences were very heavy at that time. And mm -hmm. uh, I, she wouldn't take me. Uh, so Nikki actually has a great question. Now, Nikki is the one that actually was like, you have to check out Geraldine. She's amazing. Um, she's an experiencer and um, she's also um, has some hybridization um, I don't wow. know, experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and her and I met in Alaska. We were neighbors. We didn't like really like, we knew each other, we liked each other, but we didn't bond until she, until last summer, I wanna say, um, we really bonded because she was like, I, she saw a craft in the daytime. Um, and that's when I was like, yeah, girl, like, then we both started doing like the contact, initiating contact and more stuff started coming back to us. Oh, wow. And it just mm -hmm. so happens that she gets an experience and will tell me and I'll be like, and I've either had experience that same night or like the day before or after. Mm -hmm. So um, she said, I would love to hear about the hybridization program and its connection with endometriosis. Wow, great question, Nikki. Thank you so much for being here uh, and connecting. Um, yeah, so this is a question that I get a lot because a lot of women um, that have contact experience, and how do we know that? It was a survey that was done. Um, and the survey took um, uh, thousands of women involved that have had, that claim to have had that contact experience. And they were asking if they had endometriosis, if they had any kind of uh, gynecological problems. And in my practice, when I work with women, 
this tends to be one of the main markers because what happens is that they have miscarriages, uh, but they are like blighted ovums, which means that there is no fetus. There is only just the lining. And sometimes it's left intact, but there is no fetus inside. Sometimes the lining will, it, it will be like a miscarriage, but again, there will be no fetus left behind. And so you know, what that means is that the menstruation cycle and hormonally, this really affects the women because we're becoming pregnant. Um, and some of the case, some of the cases they are partnered with their partners. Um, and some of the cases they're not. And this is something that happened to me that I became pregnant when I was not partnered. And so the, the strange thing about that is when I would go to the doctor um, and get checked for that, thinking, you know, what, what happened? Because it, was, it usually feels like a, like a miscarriage because it's very painful and yeah. it's, you know, a lot. And so, um, you know, you need to go to the doctor. You can't just ignore that. Otherwise, you're going to have complications. And usually they will proceed with the DNC in order to remove all of that out of the womb, clean, clearing it up. Um, and so what's interesting in these cases is that for a woman that has had a DNC, she will have scarring inside of the uterus, you know, because of that, because oftentimes the scraping, it, it affects the uterus lining. And a lot of times when doctors go and they, they do that work, um, they discover that scarring has already been there. So they're like, well, you know, what number miscarriage is this because or abortion? you know, because you have this uh, scarring in the womb. And the woman says, I've never had it before. You know, and, and, and so it's, it's kind of strange, because there seems to be scarring, uh, either here by the umbilical cord or inside of the uterus on the very back of the uterine wall. Um, and it seems to be very specific, like incisions and markings within the uterus. Um, the other part is that for endometriosis, where it becomes very, uh, very tough lining inside of the uterus. Um, oftentimes this happens as a result of trauma, like a lot of trauma within the womb, within the uterus. And so um, uh, cysts are also developing, like a lot of cysts, not just small amount of cysts, but because there seems to be overactive hormonally, hormonal activity, which means that you're getting pregnant a lot and the pregnancy cycles are, you know, closer together, closer and closer together. So um, it, it can be very um, difficult for a woman to process this because when you go to the doctor, the doctor will not know how to respond to that. A lot of times they say it's stress. Right. Sometimes they think that, you know, you want to have a child so much. So you're kind of yeah. uh, creating the hormones in order to create false pregnancies in the body. Um, and for a lot of women, that's not the case, you know. And so the, the question is, how do we how do we deal with that? Because this is, I think, one of the most important parts of the hybridization program, because it's physical evidence. It's physical evidence that something is occurring within the womb that we might want to take a second look at just to understand what's happening to us. And it's not from a perspective to cause fear or a feeling of helplessness for our human race, but in fact to understand how we end up making these contractual agreements and how active we are in, in the interdimensional plane. Um, you know, these, these hybridization programs have been happening since the origin of life on this planet. Uh, we look at 
Mary Magdalene. We look at all the uh, Virgin Marys that have been giving uh, birthing life on this planet. Um, and this is time, you know, an age-old story. Women are still experiencing this and we just don't listen to it. We kind of just, we think that science has caught up with that, but it hasn't. There is no explanation for this kind of contact. Um, so that's a very interesting question, Nikki. Thank you so much for asking. And unfortunately, um, it is something that do women do have to uh, endure sometimes. This tends to be a common thing that comes up. But what I would like to say about that is that it's not something that will affect long term if we begin to heal our body. And it's not just healing the body, it's changing the vibrational frequency so we can stop having the participation once we feel that we're done participating in those programs. We can end that contact. So that's what I would say for any woman that doesn't want to continue experiencing this. Thank goodness. Yeah. And I think it's very terrifying for people. Not everybody can come to terms with like, well, this is just what they're doing. You know, um, have you noticed any uh, connections with early menopause and women that have been part of the hybridization program? Um, that's an interesting question. Not enough to say um, that that is a case, but I am currently launching another survey okay. um, with an application that I've just finished developing. Um, so I will be launching that and that will be a wonderful resource to understand more in depth women that are experiencing this so we can understand how to navigate it and trying to pull in from the medical field as well, yeah. doctors that are willing to at least listen and to just observe these cases to understand what's happening, you know, because in a lot of the medical, and I've, I've read them, I've read all of the medical research papers that were created for contact. None of them touch the hybridization program. None of them want to even come close to that mm. because it just feels too far out there. And I, I do yes. note the same in the UFO community. Oh, that this absolutely. is sometimes a topic that is just kind of like, oh, let's just put that, you know, to the side. And I think it's actually the one of the most important topics of the ET subject um, because it plays a role in so much, you know, of our of our history and our future. Absolutely. And it's, um, I always tell people like, you know, like that are kind of like at our level of what we know is happening. And I'm, t and then I compare it to like, uh, entry level people, they needed this whole, you know, physical disclosure thing through the government to happen. They needed the New York times article. And even if it's all stage or something, it's one of those things where they need that. Um, not everybody does, but I, to me, if somebody can open up to the possibility where before they thought it was all like tinfoil hat, blah, blah, blah stuff. To me, when that's going to raise their vibration because they're opening their mind. And if you expand your mm -hmm. consciousness in that way, you're, you're going to have other experiences yes. and they're not all going to be scary or low vibrational. Like I've, I've kind of got, I'm, I, I finally stopped being afraid. There was a point where I couldn't see like a, um, like a little emoji gray, like the total, like, you know, stereotypical gray, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would see that as a little girl and I would just get this, like, I would be terrified mm, automatically and knew that if I mm -hmm. would think about them, that I would have an experience. And mm -hmm. that type of whole consciousness, like connection thing, we are so unaware of how what we think has a vibration even though we know our brain waves are waves and there's even more to it than that that's just what we know yeah. right now that's so right. it's pretty um exciting that people are 
finally getting on board and coming forward a little bit, but this is the next, you know, um, thing we have to shatter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, a lot, statistically, a lot of the contact that people report is actually positive. You know, I think it's just our level of understanding and of course our fear of the unknown that causes us limitation when it comes to these topics. But yeah, I mean, exactly existential minds, you know, a lot of people don't make that connection, but it's actually one of the most powerful stories. And of course, Mary's not the only one, all of the great saints or, um, you know, leaders uh, were born in that, that same way. They were born from a virgin, right? From the Virgin Mary. And so this is not just, of course, there's many profound esoterical uh, meanings to that as well that we also need to study and understand. But from this other perspective, um, if we look at the Book of Enoch, the Emerald Tablets, yeah. the Book of Gilgamesh, if we look at all of these main original scriptures that talk about how there was breeding from the beings of the stars that descended down from the skies, breeding with the earth people. Okay, so this is something even in the Hopi tradition, even in the Incas, even the Aymaras in South America, all the way to India. I mean, every single part of the world has this kind of understanding in their in their ancient scriptures. And so what's very interesting about that is that it's something that has been brought down. But when we start looking at modern day evolutionary process, when we start following the genetics historically, how the gene has developed into the different races in the planet, you know that we have an origin point, which is in Mesopotamia. And from that origin point, these different lineages, which when you overlap them with blood types, which is a research that I did this past year, uh, past two years, is, is very interesting. Because I think our blood types play a tremendously important role in the kind of uh, acknowledgement of our contact that we're having. People Absolutely. that are RH negative, they recall their memory more than any other of the blood types. Right. And, you know, it's one of the oldest blood types and the ones that is most difficult to account for historically. We don't know where it stemmed from. And it's very interesting. Um, in, in my research, what I what I have understood, and, and this is not just research. Um, so let me go back to my story really quickly just to fill in the blanks of how I come across this because in 2013 I had a a conscious you know physical experience where I was taken out of my bedroom window into a craft um, by six grays that I saw in the flesh in front of me and they took me into a craft um, in which they introduced me to a lot of information I saw my aunt there my aunt was taken the same night she was in her nightgown in in um, paralysis and out of it completely and this is the night that i was introduced to my pleiadian lineage where i was in the pleiades as another aspect of myself um you know doing something there um it, it goes very deep into i'm not trying to just be um no, I'm you know, obscure. Had similar um, really yeah, yeah that's amazing as well like they showed me this thing that was like I made it with another one, another being, but it wasn't like a body. It was like an energy being. I was super weird. And it's the first time I ever said that besides getting, um, I talked to a gentleman, I get readings from a gentleman that um, is open to that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, so don't wow. see me smiling. It's because I'm like, okay, well, oh yeah, I'm not going crazy. I don't want you to think I'm like, you know, 
No, 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 I don't. I don't. But I also don't want to be so vague because, you know, these topics are they deserve a lot of complexity um, and there is a lot of details behind them. Like your story, for example, which is incredible because I hear it all the time that people have these contact experiences and they're shown their other life and their participation in their main bloodline families, probably the one that they were at before they incarnated into the body. Exactly. So for you, uh, was it Pleiadian who you connected yeah. with? Okay. Yeah, the first okay. One, and then it was Arcturian after that. But yes, back to your story. Thank I'm you. sorry. I just didn't want you to think I was smiling. No, um, no, no. A jerk or anything. I just, I want people to understand that I am genuine and I, and I believe you and I'm smiling because I've heard it too from other people. So you, oh, you I, were introduced um, to other aspects of yourself, right? That's right. That's right. So I was a, a, a Pleiadian elder as part of a group and uh, of, of four of them, four or five of them, I think it was. And they were in the Pleiades, and I went to the Pleiades to the planet Maya, because, you know, the constellation has seven uh, main planets, and, and we went to Maya. And apparently my name was Alcyon, uh, which is an old uh, lineage from one of the oldest lineage in this constellation. Alcyon is like the biggest uh, planet of all the planets there in that constellation. And so what happened is that as I was introduced to myself, I was teaching to thousands and thousands of people on this uh, planet Maya. And I didn't understand what that meant until now. If you look at my life now, what I do now, it's exactly what I was doing there in that lifetime, just in a different way. Um, but I had no idea. I couldn't even imagine in a million years that I would be speaking publicly about this back then. That wasn't even <laughs> crossing my mind, right? So I was also introduced to the hybrid children in that experience. And I met them for the first time. And having that contact with them, all of the memories started to come back. And it was just incredibly powerful seeing these hybrids. These are a combination of humanoid with grays, with reptilian, just the most incredible species that you can ever even imagine beautiful um, with these incredible eyes and complex um, eyes and, and everything uh, but anyway at that moment you know I, I didn't know what to do with the information when I when I got back I was lying at the end, end of my bed upside down and you know I my body was killing me I had burns here like my eyes were were watery still my entire body felt like I got hit mm -hmm. from a truck because I literally went into a different dimensional plane you know my That's body you're right like the burning yeah. like I woke up and it felt like I had like sunburn one time exactly and it, exactly. people were like oh you got a sunburn they think oh well, you're brown you're not gonna burn and I'm like yeah it's something else but you know <laughs> yes yes and and it's from the craft and being in this because it's like an organic light craft you know yeah. and I woke up with three dots on my arm from one day to the next and so the interesting thing about that is that I uh I wanted to call the police I wanted to call the hospital because I was yeah. thinking who is going to help me deal with who handles intergalactic right. law? That was my yeah. initial, as, as silly as that sounds. That's my earth brain trying to conceptualize what I had just experienced. Yeah. You, help. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and as a result of that experience, I developed in that day these psychic abilities where I began to see the multidimensional body. I began to be psychic about many things. And I couldn't even leave my house for three months after that. But it took me on a journey to try to question why, why was this happening? And I am, of course, a meditation instructor. So I went deeper and it took me five years mm -hmm. 
to even uh, muster up, you know, the the guts, I guess you can say, to be able to talk to someone else outside of the three people in my life that knew about my contact then. And it was MUFON. It was it was a lady at MUFON. And that's where I started to tell her. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is this is high level stuff, she said to me. And that that surprised me because I had no idea what any of this right. was about. Um, and so I decided to get hypnotherapy. And that is when I started to channel the information. I was taken, my question was why, 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 why? It took me back to Mesopotamia. It took me back to the origins. I saw these bloodlines that have developed into the royal families that we now know and all the way down to our presidency and the human race. And this is where I began to understand that the hybridization was not just about bringing new souls into the, into the matrix, but it's about the genetic information and it's about the fact that we can activate our genetic information. We can activate the codes, we can heal ourselves. We yes. can activate our superpowers like intuition, telepathy, uh, remote viewing, so many things that we're capable and that we must learn how to do. And it's part of the remembering and the deprogramming of the matrix that we have to break through and which I did through my meditation that brought me to the vibrational frequency where I was able to be conscious in that contact yeah. experience because the contact was happening my whole life yeah. but because of my vibration and my uh the traumas that i had in turn uh, incurred through life you know i wasn't able to link those two i didn't have an awareness of our multidimensionality. so um yeah that that's how that happened that makes a lot of sense um because i did a past life regression and i was shown it was almost like a montage of like way back to like uh, Atlantis and Lemuria, just like, ch -ch -ch -ch, like these different wow. things. Yep. And I didn't understand it. I was like, well, some people have like their, um, you know, past life experience and um, they get like one. But to me, it was seriously like a weird montage of just there till now. Perfect. And so much became clear. And it was just so that that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm going to say a quick hi to some people that joined yeah. yet. So I want to say hello to Jay. Jay Zen Spaghetti oh, yeah. here. Anthony's here. Anthony has his own podcast too. He's probably going to reach out to you after this because he um, it's called Indigo Sessions. So he, oh, wow. he, he has a lot of amazing women on. So Anthony, you need to contact Geraldine for sure. And then um, Prime Time, these are my two friends, um, Artemis and Josh. They are a UAP power couple. They met on, um, <laughs> they met through um, the UFO community on Instagram. Oh, wow. So, that's so like, great. They like moved in. Together. It's it's insane. It's a, it's the most romantic thing ever. <laughs> it's a UFO <laughs> but, love story. Yes, exactly. And it's funny because her, um, Josh and Artemis were two people that I told like everything to. And I remember wow. I was friends with Josh first and I told Josh everything. And he's like, don't worry. Like, I'm not freaked out. Cause I was just like, oh my God, I just told like this person that I'm only friends with online. And then he's like, well, you can tell Artemis too. She's a sweetheart. So she knew it. And it's just like baby steps to get your story out. Yes. I can't advocate. I have no right telling people like come forward with your stories if I'm not willing to give anything. So you definitely had like the, um, you paved the way for that for a lot of women. So um, Thank you. I know hope that. so. Thank you. That's a wonderful way to look at it. I I am very pleased to to, and I hope that that's the case. And really and it's is. true. You know, ever since the documentary came out, I have so many women re reaching out for me from every corner of the world, 
And it's really amazing how we are learning through each other's share because we learn about the technology, we learn about the processes that they went through, how they became aware of what was happening, what were they doing before they became aware? You know, all of this is important Absolutely. in the education of mankind, really. We need to understand what that's about. Absolutely. So you mentioned blood types and mm -hmm. are you RH negative? Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. I was reading a couple of uh, different studies. You probably read the same ones and it was, it went like RH negative and then O bloodline and then less. Exactly. Less. So I'm, exactly. and I never understood. So I'm not RH negative, but I'm O positive, but that could be like a different type of thing happening. Um, it's not as old as RH negative, but um, it's interesting that I always ask people their blood type now and they say they've had an experience. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Um, you know, most of South America is O, actually, O positive. And I, I just recently in, in a presentation, who did I do that for? Um, I did it for um, Neil Gower, who does Portal to Ascension. Okay. Um, and we will be speaking again at his conference in March and, and April. Really, really great one. So check out his website uh, to see those upcoming events. But um, it was a mapping of how these bloodlines, but the interesting thing about that is that we look at the Nesca skulls in Peru, okay? And when they did some genetic uh, testing on those, they were able to find that they were indeed RH negative. But the interesting thing about that is that that bloodline can be found in um, Basque, in the Basque region of Spain, which is the origin. And that's where my last name, Orozco, comes from. Yeah. From the Basque, there's a city called Orozco. That's our, that wow. our ancestors are there. So most of the bloodline in my family comes from from this place, you know. And it's, it's interesting because somehow this RH negative came from this part in Spain all the way to Peru, to Peru and to uh, Bolivia, to these areas here where we're yeah. finding a lot yeah. of these remains of these elongated skulls. So there is a part of history that we're still not aware of. And it's something that I dive into in my, in my book. But this is a key to understand, you know, how these genetics have been really modified. This right. is not a jump of nature because it's a tremendous jump in how they have developed That's so right. quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think it's one of the newest, the, the newest bloodlines uh, for this generation, meaning that all the information that is coming to surface, people that are um, becoming aware of their contact during this time, their blood is being activated by the current vibrational state of the universe right now because the entire universe we're moving through a trajectory in which we're passing the photonic belt now and everything is speeding up for that reason the universe moves in this uh trajectory of an infinity cycle but it's also moving in a spiral and through this movement, we are accessing the center point of that in that infinity cycle. And that means that things are faster. And we're it's like we're shifting from one level of dimensional plane into another dimensional plane. We're accessing through this window all dimensional planes at once. And this is why we're coming into that unity consciousness. It's such a powerful time right now. Really? By the time we go into the next phase of this, we're going to be reaching another level of evolution for human race, uh, you know, late, later down this timeline. But 2040, 2050, we're going to be going into that second phase of this evolution. But for all humans that are living right now, the veil has thinned. It's oh, already yeah. there. You I know, this. I've, been I've been telling people like, 
people have been contacting me. Like people have always come to me with their weirdness, right? What they think is weird. Um, I don't <laughs> think it's, they come to me because I don't think it's weird. And they know that I'm not going to judge. Like people are like, uh, I saw grandpa. Like this is a real, like I saw my grandpa behind me while I was bathing the kids. He's dead. You know, like stuff like that. And I told people, you know, like something happened last Halloween that was very powerful energetically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like the, the veil never like went back because, you know, around certain times a year, it's thinner, but it kind of stayed thin because I have so many people just waking up to what used to be um, extreme possibilities for them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah. we're going to have yeah. to have we have to have you back on just to talk about that, because yeah, that's, a that's another can of exactly you're <laughs> right. Worms, yeah. it's, it's just a whole process. Um, I do have a question about the hybrid children. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's getting fragmented memories, um, you said that when they work on their vibration and healing, they'll come into alignment to understand more. So when I first saw mine, um, I was probably trying to think of like the age, um, probably like a, not quite to like sixth grade, seventh grade time frame. We went to um, Northern Arizona in a cabin and I was outside stargazing and um, there I saw a gray in the forest line. There was like a little backyard and then there's the tree line and it scared me. And I kind of got that, like, it knew it scared me, but then it turned into a little boy mm-hmm. and the little boy looked like your, uh, the child you drew. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And that child had continu- continues to appear, um, mm-hmm in one way or another. So if I'm just wondering, like, are they waiting for me to like come into alignment? Well, you're already in alignment, my love. If you, if you're seeing them. So interesting technology that they utilize is, is a shape shifting technology. Um, And they also use something called screening, you know, where they cover or they, project onto you an image that feels comfortable or or familiar and then they will come into their true form okay so what you experienced was literally the shape-shifting of this child you know I thought I was going crazy I was like I'm not telling anybody um I must be tired like I was young trying to rationalize this thing mm -hmm. Um, maybe I watched too many episodes of x-files or sightings or something you know like um it was just um, but I'm telling you, when I saw your drawing, it was like somebody punched me in the damn stomach because I was just wow. like, they look like that. Do you know what I mean? And I remember yeah, when I finally got pregnant with what, a baby that would keep um, or stay. Um, my mm-hmm. son, the mm-hmm. first thing I thought when I saw him wasn't, oh, my gosh, you're so, it was, please let me keep him. Isn't that wow. a weird thing to think? But now it makes sense. Um, yes. They normally don't. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for um, experiencers to get pregnant. So um, now it makes sense. But at the time I was like, what the hell's wrong with me? Shouldn't I be crying with love? Like I was, let me keep Wow, <laughs> that's, you know what? And just that is so important because a lot of women do have that experience. Yes, it is hard for them to get pregnant. Uh, they usually have to go through a lot. And it's very interesting, the agreement that these women we are making um, to produce these hybrids. It's because of the level of, of wisdom that we hold inside of the genetic code. But of course, the thing is that this is not just subject to a small group, right? In in my understanding of this, I think everyone on this earth is a part of the hybridization program, but we are not aware 
of that we are not aware because a lot of the contact that occurs happens also in other etheric planes like in the ninth and and tenth dimensional plane this is lucid dreaming and also when we're astral projecting we can also um, participate in the hybridization program on that level because the genetic code is not just only the material form it is it is your entire essence of your etheric multidimensional body is holding the same blueprint so you can access it at different levels and it depends on what you're going to be participating creating but the incredible thing about your story is that this child that you keep seeing obviously has is presenting itself to you okay and a lot of times it is in combination with the grays um if it was a short gray a lot of those short grays are are really like artificial intelligence they are right. utilized and programmed to carry out a lot of the d- yeah. the dirty or the small secretarial yeah. work you can say for these beings and they're participating in many if not right. majority of these uh programs so the question is you know who is running them behind the scene like who is managing the grays that are presenting these children and so that's a that's a question that that i have asked a lot in in terms of of how to understand the programs better um but are they different is it different from the program the terrestrial program i think it's a matter of vibrational frequency in the range of what they're doing but a lot of these humanoid type children are usually ones that are brought back into the reincarnation cycle the children are kept on hybridization uh crafts where they are you know groomed and taught and and developed into their abilities some of these children they don't make it past a certain age some of these children grow up to be adults adults um but again the the timeline is is different because what matters is the soul the essence of that organism which can then be reinserted in the reincarnation cycle as a child and then we see children being born with these incredible abilities to remember past lives remember their et lives remember other planets remember advanced physics and uh, you know sciences of, of the universe that we are not even privy to yet these children are already born at the age of five six seven they're talking these things um and it's not something that you can come up from the movies or even in a book yeah um, so these are children that have their genetic information already activated and so this is the new human this is the new next generation of children we've had rainbow indigo crystal all of those things uh we now have another child from the beginning of 2017 was another wave of 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 hybrid children (laughs) you keep saying these dates and ages and every time you say it it's not like a it's like a jolt up my spine yeah like just all up in the sushumna like just like (laughs) so yes um that's very interesting is there a name for those ones yet because like you said there's crystal indigo and um you know what the name that i uh saw was actually a french french word that i don't even know how to pronounce properly but it's something like reconnaissance or something like this but what what it means is um um the healing shift or something like this. I looked at the, at the etymology of this word and that's what I what I found it to be. Um, but I think that they are children in which their genetic code is wide open, wider than any previous generation that we've experienced. They are very conscious, they're, not, they're no longer, and if you see kids, I love working with kids, 
I work with kids a lot. And when you see how awake they are, I mean, in their teen years, in their ch ch childhood years, it's like uh, they are like ascended masters. They are so grounded in their body. They're connected in their body. And they speak a wisdom that is just, it's humbling. Yes. You know, they have their facts straight. They don't buy into this social medias and mind control and social engineering. They're beyond that. And that's the beauty. We have to preserve that. We have to help yes. preserve that with the consciousness of education of the parents. Because it's us that have to learn now. Yeah. The, the parents have to catch up to that evolution, you know, so it's really powerful and beautiful what's happening. But as we see in our eyes, these are this is how the genes are changing and shifting as we go. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, my husband's funny. He's I say he's a muggle because he doesn't really he's <laughs> open. He's like he he's like the person like a gray would have to walk in and give him a high five for him to, <laughs> you know, get it. Um, so. Mm -hmm. I tell him all this crazy, crazy stuff. And he's just like, you're turning our son into a weirdo. But then he'll be like, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, he was, uh, he had to do a speech thing and, and his whole story was about UFOs. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, wow. Um, oh my uh, gosh. Was, That's so cute. He only freaked me out once with the, um, with the thing, with the, uh, he said that um, he went in an alien bubble one night and wow. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> but, oh my god! But I'm listening. I'm always listening to him. I don't try to put my thoughts into him, but I will listen to anything he has yeah. to say. Um, we are coming up on the hour, but yeah. I want to say yeah. hi to Big Willie, Alien Girl, Laura, Donna Marie, DJ, and I think I said hi to Spaghetti. I just like saying his name. And um, but can you answer one question? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, this is from Spaghetti. Uh, he's super cool guy he's um in a lot of the uh the chats with people being more open-minded uh nice hi spaghetti lee <laughs> he says can geraldine elaborate more about the projecting or screening from the ets is that to prevent prevent the abductees from fearing them and why okay well fantastic question um so the screening technology is taking memories from your mind and creating something that would be comfortable for you. Why is this created? It's created for sev several reasons, depends on the scenario. In the hybridization program, a lot of times this scenario is created for the purpose of insemination processes. So for example, a species or a being, it can even be another human that needs to combine their genetic code with yours. They will screen image something that will be appealing to you and the intercourse will occur okay and a lot of people men and women they wake up from these kinds of dreams sometimes they are shocked and they experience ptsd because sometimes because of the level of consciousness of the of the human they become aware of what's happening and the screen image begins to dissolve and the true mm -hmm. form of the being or the person is is becoming visible and that can that that transition can be a bit shocking for the person okay um another way that this technology is utilized is for any kind of beings that are immersing themselves in the terrestrial plane they also are shape-shifting they from their original true form in this dimensional timeline meaning in this congruent uh simultaneous life they are coming as that form into this 
dimensional timeline and they take the body of a physical body in order to mesh in with the human race so that is also another another thing sometimes i have seen the eyes of mm. of certain beings change into reptilian form yeah. in the in in the human in front of yeah. you yeah. This is very much true for a lot of older lines that go down the draconian reptilian lineages. And a lot of these more preserved heavy bloodlines um, that are in power, they tend to keep their forms. They, they are shifting within these forms. Okay, these are like the darker shadow kind of government aspects. Another reason why this is occurring in ET contact is exactly for what you mentioned to prevent fearing. Why? Because when a human is taking on board a craft, the emotional ranges of the human from a three-dimensional plane are extremely heavy. The vibrational frequency is very slow and very low. And in a sense, heavy emotions, they can, it, it's almost as if, I want to use the word polluting, but please don't take that in a way where emotions are wrong, because that's not the correct right. Thing. It's just that when the human goes into panic, we come into the heavy emotion and it's very heavy. And it the vibrational frequency that these beings are at is incredibly high. So it's almost as if you pollute that space. They remove you out of that emotion immediately. They do it to a lot of contactees when they come into panic because they don't want to feel that. They don't want that in their space. It's unnecessary. And also the screening does assist with that sometimes. Um, for this child uh, that was presented, for example, to Priscilla, the purpose of that that screening is in order to for her to get accused, because there was a connection with the ET already, the imagery of the ET, right? And so if they just showed her the child, they wouldn't, she wouldn't have understood that connection. It was I never necessary. So, so these little um, kind of things that are necessary for the human mind to process complex information is, is why it's utilized. Thank you for that question. A great question. Yeah. So I know we're coming yes. up on the hour. Um, can you hang out for like a couple minutes afterwards? Yeah, after we yeah I, I have time. No problem. Okay. Um, yeah. I just have a kind of a personal question. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Where do people find you? I feel like you're going to have to come on a few more times because um, there's a lot. There's, yeah, there's layers and layers and um, you can, so I have your website inside the description, your main one. And from there, can they find um, everything else? Yeah. So um, if you want to get a hypnotherapy or a DNA reprogramming with me, you can visit GeraldineRosco.com. Um, and if you would like to, um, please, if you go to the website and book right now, I am fully booked until January of next year, going into February. So if you don't see any dates, please scroll into February for, for appointments. If you would like to join the support group, hybridmother.com, if you're a contactee or a hybrid mother, you can join our monthly, our bi-monthly now support group. The beginning of the month, we have a support group where we connect with people around the world and talk about contact and get deep into topics. And the second part of the month, we go into a workshop. Last month, we had one where we drew our contact experience. It was amazing. I saw um, that and I saw it after it happened. I was like, oh, oh I wish you would come, but we'll have it again. Yeah, okay. we'll have it again this month now it's already november um we have another one where we're going to talk about light language and we're going to process 
writing our light language. We're going to channel and, and tune into that. Um, a lot of people that have contact already speak a certain language. We just want to understand what's the vibrational frequency about that and what that is. So we'll, we'll do a workshop on that this month. So please feel free to join on those. And you can also see my YouTube channel, Geraldine Orozco, and anywhere else. Thank oh, you. It's great for meditation, guys. If you need a meditation, like if you're looking into um, – healing um your energy body and even some of them are very like anybody could do some of them you know even if they're not interested in that which you should be but um she is her meditations are great and don't lay down when you do it they'll put they'll put you to sleep in a good way and uh, <laughs> i'm sure she needs a disclaimer saying if you astral project while falling asleep to my meditation because <laughs> uh yeah that was another experience when doing one of your meditations it was i was awake but uh, something crazy happened but yes wow. follow her on instagram and her youtube channel and you're not on twitter are you on twitter i am i'm i am it's it's called um what is it again it's called intro alchemy at intro okay. alchemy yeah you can find me there okay and i'll add all of your links um later i just put your main website because i figured if they find that you'll have yeah exactly yes Thank oh, you so much, Priscilla. It was such an honor to be here with you. And thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody that came. Um, some people came late. I will have her on again. Alien Girl, Spaghetti, Big Lily. Oh, now we have another question. <laughs> so, do you want to answer one more? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, we can answer. Um, so sure. Big Lily asks, uh, why are men not as involved? Or maybe you don't like hear it as much or... Mm, actually, they are, they're quite involved. It's just that I think men are more um, shy and careful about sharing their experience. Um, there are many men that contact me and talk about their contact experience. Everything from people that are working in the stock exchange to Hollywood to people that are just regular everyday business people. Men that are occurring and they've gone to a psychiatrist, they've gone to a psychologist because they don't know what to do with these experiences and they do have PTSD as a result of them. And sometimes it even affects their sexual life um, because they have these screen experiences. Sometimes they have the introduction to the children and they just don't know what to make of that, right? And I think these they, the, the sharing of men in, in these cases is essential to understanding another part of the contact experience because they are also ex experiencing extraction of, of genetic information and they do so in many different ways. Okay, and the children are being presented to them. The funny thing is that a lot of times for the dreams that I hear over and over again, um, they won't understand the connection, right? It, it won't be as clear as for a woman when she's gestating a child and then the child is brought to them or they're introduced to a little child. They can link, they can make that connection. But for men, it's a little more disconnected because the dream oftentimes can be a sexual dream and then later on can be something that is um, a presentation or just a child that will show up in the dream. Um, so it's hard to make that connection for them until you put together all of these pieces. Um, but men are very much a part of the picture. So if you're a man that's that's a contactee that has these experiences, you know, reach out and uh, feel free to join the group. It is safe. It is a place for you to share your experiences without fear. And it's important for us to learn what you're experiencing. 
Well, thank you so much. And thanks for asking that question. I actually wanted to ask that and then I got um, absorbed into one of your answers and forgot about it. So thank thanks you. for joining us, Lily. And I will see everybody on Wednesday. I have Truth Sika. He's coming on. He's um, a, a Christian mysticist and he is also a musician. He's a healer. He does all these cool things. He has a podcast. So um, he will be on my channel on Wednesday night. And Geraldine, what's the next thing that you have coming up? I know you had you said you're doing your um, your uh, support groups with light language, but would you yes. have anything else coming up that you want to tell us about before um, we get on? You know what? I'm actually going to be speaking at the Mindfulness FMBR. If you guys go to the YouTube channel FMBR, it's a research for consciousness and mindfulness um, on the 11th. It's a big day, 11-11, and I'll be going deep into the hybridization programmed holographic DNA and the structure of the universe. That's what I'll be speaking at then. So you can join me there as well. Oh, wow. um, I don't remember right now off the top of my head, unfortunately, but please do check out my Instagram. That's usually where I post things that are occurring. Thank Not you so much. my story too, guys. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great night. Don't go anywhere, Geraldine. I have one more question and uh, I'll see you guys Wednesday. Hey, bye everyone. Thank you so much.